Hey guys, how's it going? Uh, thank you for joining us on the on the Shoes We Biscuit. Um, today we're joined by uh, Darren and Naomi. Uh, we're just a mess of wires. I mean, I'm just looking <laughs> around, it's an absolute mess. Um, my, my, our equipment is kind of uh, bodged together, got like little bits of this and little bits of that. So oh, I, I apologize for the mess along the table. Don't worry, it's like all my cables. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like the back of your TV and all those mess yeah. of wires. I just, yeah, thank you for joining us on the, on the, on the show. Um, Julie, you put this together because you're a superstar. As usual, you know. Thanks. You know. Thanks for having us. It's like a double whammy show because we've got the owner of Gin Different and uh, somebody who works at uh, Lingen Davis. Not just works there, you, you, you know, you're quite high up there, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. What's your actual role at Lingen? Chief executive there. Yeah? Yeah. What's that like? <laughs> it's good. It's a lot. Yeah? It's a lot of work, but it's, it's great fun. It's um, different every day, loads going on, and obviously it's for a brilliant cause, so... It is. That really. It is a good cause, and I was just reading up about it today. Forgive my ignorance and not knowing a lot about Lingen Davis, but reading about it, it's actually you know it's done amazing things. Yeah, so the charity's been around for 40 years now. We had our 40th birthday in June this year. Happy birthday. Thank you, very exciting. There was lots of cake. I imagine there was was quite a lot of cake. Yeah, (laughs) there was. Um, And yeah, so 40 years ago, there were no cancer services at all in Shropshire. Um, And the the mayor of Shrewsbury, um, Bernard Lingen, and his accountant, Frank Davis, realised that 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 needed to change. Um, So they raised the money to bring radiotherapy in the first instance to Shrewsbury. And we've continued to try and expand upon those services, make sure the best possible things are available for the people here yeah. ever since. It's yeah. such an alien world to live in, you know, imagine a whole town just not having access to to them facilities. But that was what life back then, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's interesting as well how you make the link with Ling and Davis, because before, obviously, I met Naomi and Darren, um, I when I lived in Snail Beach, I remember very vividly uh, Christmas time, one of the properties... It's like, it was like the National Lampoon's Christmas. This whole house is <laughs> lit still do up. That. I know, and that's every time I go back there, and it's they do it every year. And it yeah. was there's a there was a sign outside their house, and that's the first time I came across the name. Um, and then Stan Sedman, who we've got on in a few weeks' time, yeah. we do all the tours he was doing. He was raising money for the charity as well because obviously they'd helped him out. Yeah, and uh, what's really, really brilliant about it is people do that. They use mm. whatever skill or resource or whatever they have as a way of raising money. Yeah. And it's amazing what people will come up with and, and actually what works. Mm. Some things you think would never make money in a thousand years do amazingly well. Yeah. And people are really, really resourceful. And mm. that, that is brilliant. That's yeah. uh, great yeah. to hear. Um, <laughs> with the podcast, you know. Yeah. And we were just talking about that, actually, before you well, guys yeah. came. We were just talking about how... How, how Shrewsbury kind of comes together and um, kind of how we're doing our sponsorships, you know, kind of trade. You do something for us, we'll do something for you. And I said, well, Lingen Davis will know a lot about that because there's lots of, you know, uh, companies that'll be like, we can do this, we do this, we'll do it for you and raise some money. And I guess you've had a lot of people come forward so you can do events, you know. Uh, what's your, what are your, like, the, the biggest ones that you can think of? When you think of, like, events that you guys have done for Lingen Davis, what's some of the first sort of things that come to your mind? So with it being our 40th anniversary this year, we've started doing a lot more big stuff kind of centrally from the office because a lot of our, most of our money comes from people in the community doing their own things and sending us the money. So we have, including Gin Different Bar, we have um, recently done some big stuff. We did Ludlow Races Charity Day um, in, back in March that was, and that raised about (gasps) £65,000, which was incredible. 
Uh, we did a summer ball at, at um, up near Wem at Shooters Hill Hall in June. We're doing a colour run, which is every year now. So the next one's in March, and it's at Westmid Showground. Uh, entry's now open. Uh, that's a really, really fun event um, that we organise ourselves, and we've we've this year managed to engage some local businesses to sponsor that as well. Oh, fantastic! So they're doing things like sponsoring a colour station and throwing paint that's similar to their own brand colours and so on. We should do. Oh, we should get idea. involved yeah. in that and it's just be like fun. Paint bomb everybody. It's the best volunteer you'll ever do. It's great. It, yeah. mean, it means running, doesn't it, as well, though? Well, not if I'm well, at the paint not station. Not if you're on the paint throwing no. side. You don't have to do both. Okay. I mean, all right. I'll, I'll turn up with a, a paintball gun. <laughs> you will run then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, be fun. that sounds really good. And um, you know, you guys have done a lot. You guys are, ba- are you based in the heart hospital? No, where are you guys? Yeah, we've got an office at Shrewsbury Hospital, but the charity covers Shropshire, Telford and Rekin and Mid Wales. Yeah. Uh, most of the cancer services are at Shrewsbury for that entire area. So yeah. we are we do support people as far out as places like Newtown, Huntleth, um, and right over to the east of Telford as well. Yeah, and with. Um, with all the funding that's been cut from the NHS now, is there a lot more need for for services like Lingen Davis these days? Um, yeah, I think that the, the NHS is is under a lot of pressure, yeah. and there's a lot of strain in the in the system. And pe- the people who are working on the ground are incredible, and there is so much goodwill and want to make it good. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of charities that that support the NHS, and that's always been true, but mm. perhaps isn't as well known as maybe it should be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there is in, there is increasing need. Uh, there's also certainly in the case of cancer, there's increasing diagnosis. Um, yeah. They're now saying one in two people born after 1960 will get cancer, oh, and wow. therefore um, how many? One in two. So um, in our area, there's about three and a half thousand people diagnosed every year, and yeah. that's going up. The good news is that treatment's also getting better, and more people are therefore surviving and, and you know yeah. living living relatively normal lives after that. So. But the the challenges continue to come as much as the opportunities for new treatments do. Mm-hmm. I think I think the problem, the main problem with us human beings is we just we don't care about the the, the dangers of things. We're walking around with yeah, these, right. these these smartphones to our ear. We know they give them off radiation, and smoking, and you know all the things that people do, sunbathing, whatever you want to do. They're just like, oh well, I'll live for today, you know. And then mm. a few years later, they. They suffer, you know. Yeah, there's also the facts about aging population, isn't there? You know, yeah. you're more likely, yeah, you're more likely as you get older to kind of yeah. be a higher risk of getting cancers and stuff, yeah. et cetera. So you just kind of move into that kind of older bracket. So as we live longer, mm. the chances are that we're probably going to have more chances. So that's why the percentage is going up to like one in two yeah. rather than one in three, which it was a sort of ten years ago. Yeah, mm. oh, it's quite sad. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, and so you just. Welcome yourself into the show. Hello, well, hello. first <laughs> hey, time everybody. you spoke, Darren. Yeah. Nice to speak to you. Um, you run Gin Different. I do um, run Gin Different. You yeah. want to explain to people what Gin Different is? I mean, a lot of people already know, but I mean... Hopefully. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, Gin Different is a... Uh, well, it started as a pop-up bar in the Market Hall Shrewsbury, but it's been a roaring success and has stayed there. So we're a, we're a gin parlour. Uh, we've got over 130 different gins and offer a really good cross-section of gins from around the world. Yeah. And um, we also sell by the bottle, but we're also part of kind of the Shrewsbury Market Hall family and work really hard to kind of bring events here and activities and do different things. And as an extension of that, we go out all around sort of Shropshire, Mid Wales and uh, the kind of borderlands and, and do pop-up events, bars, etc., etc. That's really cool. Yeah. We, were, we were just talking about this, how, um, how like certain events through town can help you know, the late nights at the market hall, you know? Mm, absolutely, uh, such yeah. a great event every time they do it and I've, all, I've the only one I've been to was the light switch last year mm. but I think we're going to we're going to do one of me I think one time one time we're going to yeah. turn up here and just be well, like the 2nd of November is the next one isn't it 
Yeah. So. Yeah. Second of November is the, the next event. Yeah. Um, that's normally the busiest one of the year for mm. me. It's like there's lots and lots of football, football people coming out before they get into that whole kind of Christmas vibe. Yeah. Lots of people buying different things, you know, and it's a really good vibe because obviously all the, the food eateries, yeah. uh, the bars are open, but also quite a lot of the retail. And those guys do really well out of it as well. And it's, it's a showcase for what the what the market all can be, you know. Shrewsbury's a market town. Yeah. And we should be like a real focal point and centre part of what we're trying to deliver for the town, for tourism, for that interaction. And, you know, we get a, a good amount of footfall through, you know, there's, there's events where we, you know, can have up to 2,000 people come through the doors from 6 till 10. So, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a real big thing and, uh, and it's a great atmosphere. You yeah, know, it's just they are nice. really packed out. I've been to quite a lot of them mm. and um, obviously, I don't know if I explained it and uh, I know, did I explain it on our interview? Who cares? Week? Let but them know again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did it, yeah. But I, I, um, I do sh- occasional shifts for um, do indeed. Darren yep. and Naomi. So I've seen like the, um, the amount of people that come in on a late night as well as coming in as a customer on the other end so and it's always rammed in here and yeah. you know they even have to have a bouncer on the door now yeah mm. or four yeah. well yeah say so it's more than one isn't it yeah. <laughs> just for the legal ramifications there I'm just pointing out <laughs> <laughs> what I love about you guys is I was just I was having a look at your Facebook and stuff it's like you guys you work really well with others like there's yeah, a lot yeah. of like on your Facebook you you know there's posts about different stalls here and go to this stall there's this going on and stuff like you're not like bring me all the money you're kind of no. like well, let's just do this together you know absolutely I mean you <laughs> It's the only way that like Shrewsbury should work and can work. It's a, it's a small town competing with a lot of like big cities that are in and mm. around the area. You know, it's like an hour to get to Birmingham, Manchester. Mm. You know, Chester's kind of on the doorstep as well. Yeah. You know, there's all these places going with it, and it's a really really competitive marketplace, and, and especially for a lot of small independent business, which Shrewsbury's very very proud of, and rightfully so. Mm. Yeah, you know, we have mm. to work together to kind of deliver things, and, and particularly in our industry, you know, it, I always think it every person that we can bring into the town through an event or an activity or something we do is another person who's going to go around the town so it's, mm. it's a benefit for everybody and that's why I, I collaborate with different bars different events uh, different companies you know I work with um, quite often do a lot of events with Tom from Paso Primero who makes fantastic wine coming out of Spain and, and we, we sell their products but we collaborate with that in the same way we work with Iron and Rose who mm. provide all of our products and quite often everything we try to source locally for our, for our produce and, yeah. and also kind of keep it within the market so that people yeah. can see it first hand and have it as a showcase and then we can bring it back to you know, they can go around the shops and buy it for themselves and take it home. Which is exactly what I do. So when I came yeah. to one of the wine tasting evenings, because mm-hmm. Darren does them as well, um, and part of the, <laughs> um, obviously you get a little bit of food. I so there's this beautiful goat's cheese, which is just from down there. I can't remember the name of them. Uh, cook and Carve. Yeah. yeah. So every time I come in here, that's where I go and get my goat's cheese from. But I can't remember the name of it. So I always say, can I have the cheese that you give to Darren upstairs, please? So I'm and gonna I have literally to always get that. <laughs> what, what you like? Where did you go wine tasting? Did you go because you like it, or no, just to see what it's like? No, gin tasting, not gin wine t- oh, tasting. Okay, I okay. don't do wine. I only do. I was going to say, well, did they still do the same things as the the pretentious things they're doing wine tasting <laughs> and sniffing and yeah. the yeah, weird? <laughs> yeah, yeah, very, very much so. <laughs> and then I mock them for being pretentious. <laughs> yeah, uh, so but, which, is, which is part of the experience. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, tasting gin is kind of it's it's all very similar the way you taste things. But there's a slight difference with with gin because it's it's neat alcohol, so yeah. you kind of get over thirty percent. Mm. If you just like take a shot back of it, or you're going to get his alcohol burn so there's a diff- the same mm. process in there as you you look at the cl- clarity look at the legs which will run down the side of the, the glass that shows how much alcohol is in there so the yeah. slower they run the more alcohol content is involved um, you then take a smell of it but if you put it right up to your nose all you're going to get is alcohol burn it's going to turn all your receptors off 
So I quite often get people to reset those receptors by just tapping themselves on the nose. Yeah, that's really weird when you see everyone yeah. sitting around going like this. <laughs> which, which is what, how it works, and it resets those receptors so you can smell it and, and, and then get through it. And then when we get that's them to really, taste it. There's that other image yeah. of everybody sitting yeah. there. Yeah. And then I get them to waft underneath it, and then I give you know, Yeah, there is a lot of hand attention. movements going on, isn't there? Yeah, to be honest with you, um, I do gesticulate quite a lot uh, <laughs> when it comes to the tastings but yeah it, it really is and there's, there's those kind of flavours but gin's fantastic for that because unlike a lot of other spirits and wines that are all predominantly about taste and flavour gin's very much about um, the use of uh, the kind of aromatics and the flavours that are coming through there which is why it's so diverse and why so many people are really into their gins now because there's literally one out there for everybody I mean we're looking at sort of about seven and a half thousand in production worldwide now Yeah, I, I which is crazy and you know I'd probably say now seven and a half thousand mm. and one you know that's how quickly they're coming to marketplace a distillery uh, every week's opening in the uk so yeah i was uh, i went to um a gin class like a, a history gin class that james james hitchin was doing at the yeah, Alp, yeah. part of the darwin festival last mm-hmm. year and i had no idea like the complexity of, of gin it's yeah, yeah. it's crazy it's, it's a crazy thing and going back to what you were saying about you know working together with others yeah. um you two guys you, you kind of you like you're almost like a Shrewsbury power couple, <laughs> you know. The Shrewsbury's answer to a true. power couple yeah. because you, you know Lincoln Davis. You got these uh, connections everywhere. People you work with, events you go to, things like. And you're the same, you know. Yeah. It's kind of like you know how to work, you know. So if anybody needs anything, you, you guys know where to go, you know. We so. do, and it is handy actually having <laughs> the two. I have to admit, I go to a lot of networking events, and as soon as I mention what Darren does, that all my stuff goes totally out the window, and everyone <laughs> wants to talk about gin. If I'm honest, um, which is probably not surprising, if a little bit of a shame. Um, but it is handy that between us, we we have got to know a lot of people, yeah, and yeah, actually. Very much so. We, we haven't been in Shrewsbury all that long. Um, I, I grew up here, but we were in Manchester for a, a long time. And we've only been back about three or four years. And actually, we have been embraced, I think, back into the community. Mm. It took a while, sort of work-wise, but actually, people are people are good, aren't they? And once they've had contact with you once, they are very supportive and, you know, they'll use you again and they'll, mm. they'll sort of spread the words, both from the charity and the business perspective. Yeah, very much so. I think Shrewsbury's definitely a town that likes to get to know you before they... You know, accept you, which like which is like a lot of small towns. I've I've worked yeah. in quite a few of them, and, and and once they know that you're you know you're genuine and you're doing what you say you're going to do, and you're there to kind of support the town and not to take away and from it. And you're going to stay. And you're going to stay. Mm. And you know, yeah, we found I found that very much so with the podcast. I mean, like mm. when we first started, people weren't like, oh yes, great, amazing. We're gonna. They were kind of like, huh. What's a podcast? What, what's this? <laughs> uh, why do I need to download an app to listen to the radio? Mm. This is very yeah. hard. You know? There was a lot of uh, curiosity about what we were doing, but now we seem to be getting embraced a lot more. People are like, oh, okay. Yeah. Not a bad idea, actually. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, And it's the very much the same, I guess, with the, the whole gin movement, because over the last couple of years, it's just been it's exploded, Absolutely. right? It's yeah. just blown up. Like, it's crazy. Um, the Yeah, I mean, they keep predicting that it's going to drop down, but it, it, it doesn't have any sort of sights of doing be, that. It's it? in constant growth. It's worth... The last time they put out figures, it was worth about 5.6 billion to the oh. UK economy. Oof. So that's the gin and gin kind of things associated to it. So tonic water is part yeah. of that, and you know, yeah. all the little and kits and things you get now. Absolutely, as well, isn't yeah. It? There's a whole yeah. kind of package that you know, retail Christmas baubles that have got gin in yeah. them. You know, and, and it's constantly developing and changing. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah Pickering's, yeah. Pickering's launched it, and about 25 other companies have just going to mm. do it this year for no Christmas. And you can literally get six baubles to hang on your tree, and obviously on Christmas morning, have some gin. <laughs> so yeah. 
because we all need it on Christmas morning <laughs> <laughs> after the Christmas Eve hangover. Yeah. So, uh, but it's yeah, it's 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 a massive still a growth market. There's a lot of people saying that other products are going to start to come into that, but they're not even touching the sides. Like people keep talking about rum. Rum's going to be is yeah. big, but it's only just gone through, but worth about a billion pounds to the economy. So mm. you know, even mm. if gin just levels out, it's still going to be fundamentally like huge, yeah. and it's not going to drop off. I think it will just start to to level out a little bit but yeah. there's new innovations coming constantly things are doing it mm. there's loads of different ways of doing it and it, it's a quick easy like short a lot term of celebrities business. getting on, in on there absolutely well, you know. know Peaky Blinders has helped um, yeah. which links into quite a lot of you know the kind of gin movement and also how you know the dark history of gin as well because mm. you know it's it was very often used to uh, make a lot of uh, criminals very very rich <laughs> both <laughs> yep. on this side of the Atlantic and the other mm. did so you see that post by the way I, I put on uh, on the Shoes of Biscuit the other day it was uh, Peaky Blinders whiskey or something and uh, if you buy two bottles yeah. you get a free flat cap and I was like hey yeah. I'll show yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he always yeah. wears his flat cap you know um, you've so got that one of the things I've, I've noticed and this is probably because obviously I'm getting really excited about going away to America oh here um, we go again oh. mm-hmm. no but I've been trying <laughs> to find out because obviously what I don't want to do is buy some gin on the plane and take it in because I, I think customers over there I understand are very strict about certainly liquor going in yeah. but it doesn't seem to be very big out there um, gin's it is big but it's not big in the same way as it is here because obviously we okay. drink a lot of gin yeah. um, in gin and tonics and yeah. gin and tonic is considered a cocktail over there it's not really a um, major drink for them so they will use a lot of their gin derivatives into cocktails and things like that ah, okay. also the um, the spirit market in America is nowhere near as big as like the beer market or mm, the wine yeah, market true. things like that because it's seen as hard liquor you know and if you right. think back to the 60s and mad men you know would be making a martini when you get home and those kind of things yep. that's kind of what it sits with so isn't there but there's a real growth market starting to happen so there's a lot okay. of small batch distilleries that are kind of bringing together some really really interesting gins uh, particularly on the east coast are very very popular so Chicago mm. New York um, particularly doing quite a lot of stuff interesting things where they're putting different kind of flavours and gins together and, and actually doing really cool stuff so they're making like ryes and bourbons and those kind of things and yep. they're taking gin and putting it through a uh, putting it in a bourbon barrel or putting it in a rye barrel or actually taking a rye that's been in a barrel for maybe six months and then running it through a juniper distillation and turning it into gin like they're uh, doing at New York okay. Distillery with a gin they call Chief Gowanus who's named after the chief that first met the guys coming off, off the boat from Amsterdam so, oh wow oh, well yeah. I'll keep an eye out then I think when I'm yeah. touring liquor around stores. see if I can find anything it's all about liquor stores have you, have you have you you know tried your own bit of brewing um, distilling, distilling uh, um, no, no, I haven't because that would be very, very legal. Uh, <laughs> You're not allowed to like. <laughs> no, HMRC have very, very strict regulations on distilling the alcohol because obviously, when you make a first distillation of any kind of neutral spirit. You're pushing it up to sort of the the ninety-eight percent volt mass, uh, okay. and it's extremely flammable and combustible. So they don't really want you doing it without them knowing what you're doing with it. Particularly when you're laying down things like whiskey or stuff like that in a barrel, mm. okay. you can have storage otherwise because it could blow up and, and I guess the take out half of Shrewsbury. A lot of money and regulations, things. Huge amounts yeah, of it. Yeah. yeah, they they literally have a locked cupboard that has the the, the spirits kind of the vapors coming off of it, and they check the the, the, the proof oh, of wow. it. It's got to go out at like ninety-eight percent originally, and then then it gets watered down. So the way that we make gin is is really simple. It's distilled. Um, you put botanicals into it and it's distilled up to um, various different products through the thing up to 98% and then as it's distilled and, and heated up in temperature over 100 degrees it turns to vapour and that then goes through a condenser down the still and then starts to reform into liquid in the colder still which then becomes your neutral alcohol or your gin, juniper, wash, however you want to do it you can do that as many times as you want and add different botanicals and you do it in different ways of doing it but that's the kind of fundamental core way that most people do that um, and then when it comes out it's 98% and then what they do is they cut it most likely with the source water 
which then takes it down to the ABV that you want to be at. So 43 to 40%. Right, and that's yeah, literally yeah. riding water. So when someone talks about having like a 100 litre still, they're probably producing around about 300 litres of liquid each time they do a distillation. Crazy. There's a lot of science to it, you know. Uh, There's a lot of science yeah, to it. Yeah, mm. mm. Or oh, it blows up. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine you get, it takes quite a lot of money to get things right. You know, you, you, before you kind of, you can't just go, yeah. turn it on and be like, ah, That's gin. It. You know, it yeah. <laughs> I guess it works. Well, this is it. Like these, um, a lot of people have test stills. So when the small batch guys, they'll have a small test still and it'll make like maybe a litre and a litre and a half. And then they'll literally just scale up that based on yeah. the thing to make it. Mm-hmm. So they're right. okay. And they'll practice lots and lots on that. And then they'll go, right, I found the recipe that I really, really like and really enjoy. Yeah. And then they'll start to produce it. Yeah. And then they hope that someone else likes it. Yeah. <laughs> um, which seems to be the case. So it's all right. So something we always ask people, uh, well, I always ask this question. So what, both of this is to both of you, what's your favourite gin and why? So lots of people ask me this question. Um, and I always say it's the one in my hand. <laughs> because That's uh, a good answer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I stole that off somebody, by the way. <laughs> Sorry, Tim. Um, but literally, it's it's a perfect way of describing it. There's so many gins out there and there's so many different things to try that you want to keep trying those different mm. things. So the one in the hand is the one that you're enjoying and the one that you like. So I would always say keep trying different things. Yeah. If you find something you like or enjoy, obviously, you know, stick to it, but then use that to look at what you're doing. So if you like something that's a spicy style gin, yeah. look at other spicy style gins because you'll definitely find out some interesting yeah, stuff of course. And, and go from there. So yeah, it literally varies. And because there's so much coming out all the time, you know, I've got I've got favourites that I enjoy, but my palate would be completely different to your palate, as yeah. you know. Yeah. So it's those kind of really interesting things that you can you can find out different things. But mm. I quite like spicy gins. I like things that are a little bit more, you know, alcoholic over overproofed. Mainly probably because I do so much tasting and trying of gin. Yeah. My palate's got used to those kind yeah. of stronger, richer flavours. Yeah, you can cope I, with it. I'm better. not yeah, I'm not a big fan of sweet gins, but that's the fastest growing market in the UK. Yeah, at the it moment, is, so. is that all the fruity flavoured type ones you fruity, mean by that? Rose, yeah. ro- rhubarb, strawberry. Yeah. pink gins you know they're, they're huge um, I do quite a bit of work with SUs and student unions and universities mm. as well for a bit of consultancy oh, but it's so doing. pretty though it is so pretty <laughs> um, and they're and literally um, 18 to 21 year olds are pretty much drinking pink gin and lemonade yeah and that I know mm. yeah. well, notice that the yeah. I'm half expecting the next Naomi to, uh, yeah. to be like none I've had enough of gin <laughs> gin is my life yeah. now and I've had to accept it so no what? well <laughs> I have to admit we don't have very much gin at home like everyone I think what? expects us to have a massive gin cabinet it's just not the case um, I think I do have some favourites um, again I'm, I wouldn't say I have something that's specific every time I really like citrus things so mm. I, I don't really have much of a sweet tooth either but we have some amazing there's a, a Italian gin called Malfi which has a, a oh, pink yeah, grapefruit that. version which is amazing mm. um, there's a great London dry king of Soho which is quite citrusy that's nice um, actually local stuff Henstones in Oswestry Street make a great just London dry gin um, and that's delicious that's got a nice citrusy mm. kick to it so there's loads of good ones oh wow yeah Gonna get done out of a job here, aren't I? Uh, <laughs> um, but you do a lot. You do a lot of festivals, don't you? So there's a big one coming up, isn't there? Yep, there is a very big one coming up. So in two weeks' time, uh, Oktoberfest in Shrewsbury Quarry. Mm-hmm. So we'll be there doing the gin bar, mm-hmm. peddling lots of um, local gins and some interesting stuff from around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're also putting out a um, Bavarian beer bar this year as well, which we're we're we're, we're working with Beth to collaborate on and, oh, and deliver that. So yeah, watch out for everyone in Lederhosen. So that's so why <laughs> you need to not come along on work business and come along just to drink yeah well I'm speaking mm. to Beth at the moment we're trying to organise some sort of um, a way of us to work together so we can I can be like here's my diary put some events into it you know so we can work and I am going to go to Oktoberfest, but it's too late for us oh it's just too late for us to cover it on the biscuit so yeah mm-hmm. I'm going to go as a, a customer and 
What I'll a shame. <laughs> I wear the T-shirt and I bring my microphone. Because, Absolutely. You yeah. know, you, you never know when there's a good interview. So if you do mm. see me about on the, in the Oktoberfest, just come say hello. And I will come, I'll come find you. Absolutely. I'm like, how's it going? You'll be like, leave me alone, I'm busy. I'll be, yeah, I'll be <laughs> sweaty. It's going very sweaty. Yeah. Uh, I remember the last time I went to the beer festival. And oh, my God, trying to get a pint. It's yeah. just a nightmare. So you buy up buying two or three at a time. I've got another question I've always wanted to ask you. I don't know why I've never asked this, actually. <laughs> The name. Where did you get the name from? How did you come up with the name? Or is that a trade secret? I just put a G in front of indifferent. No, I'm messing with you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking, right, why so, then? <laughs> Yeah, well, this is it. I mean, it's a bit of a play on words, isn't it? So Gin Different is, yeah. you know, we when we first opened, which would have been nearly two and a half years ago now. So mm. um, it wasn't this huge marketplace that it was. It was growing, but it certainly wasn't in Shropshire. You know, there was a few places that had a nice selection of gins, but no one but it was kind of looking at it as a, mm. as a category and serving it as a, as a drink, you know, to get the best out of it. So, you know, what we wanted to do was showcase some of the different styles of gin, some of the different types of gin that you can get. Mm-hmm. So it was very easy to do gin different. It then just happened that it's also indifferent with a G in front of it. So if you're indifferent right. to gin, I can make you, you know, not so much. Okay, Because um, I say quite often we, 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 I don't want to say I'm a conversion therapist, because um, there's bad connotations to that, but <laughs> I would say quite often there's um, a lot of people who come in and go I don't like gin, and we go I think I can find something for you, yeah. and by the time they left they've taken a bottle home with them. So there's that real difference about kind of thing, and that's like great because, you know, if they say they don't like whiskey, I'm probably never going to be able to convert them. Yeah. But with gin I can just go, what kind of flavours do you like? Mm. And then we just start mm. a journey. And that's one of the things we do is, you know, we, we spend time with our customers, we talk to them, we, we take them on that little bit of journey and, and give them that little bit of extra so they know what they're getting. And same when we're serving food and anything like that. For me, it's about the customer experience. Yeah. I've worked in hospitality for 20 years. Uh, loads of different roles from glass quite to all the way up to like operating large scale venues. And for me, one of the things that always gets forgotten is that the customer's the key person and it's a really, really important part of it. Mm. And they're the ones that are going to go out there and tell your story. Yeah. And it's really, really important to get them on board with what you're doing. So by selling them an idea and telling them, you know, your passion and the things that you mm. care about is a way of doing it. It's also mm. one of the reasons why Julie works for me because I know she's passionate about gin. Yeah. You know, so yeah, you it, see, you'd it, have to convert me, I think, because I've had about two glasses of gin in my life. Um. You've got to, honestly, because I, I think back when I was like 17, 18, many, many long time ago, it gin, long ago. I think it was like, <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, gin was something you did, but it was always, it had that connotation of, I think there was just probably just your basic Gordons, even, probably yeah. not even back then, but yeah. I don't, well, there would have been a beef eater. Well, and it was obviously mother's ruin, and it wasn't yeah. a good thing to have. And then I, I then didn't touch it for like mm. 20 or 30 odd years. Um, but now trying to convince other people, so there, there, there will be somebody coming to try yep. at yours. So there's a there's a new challenge thing going around on Facebook. A hundred days of what is it? Mind bending. Siobhan started it. Siobhan and Matthew. So you've got um, a girl called Jill. She's like, I hate gin, but I'm going to try this. One of her challenges for the days. So she bought a can of pink gin. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, okay, if you're going to do gin, don't do it out of a can. No. But she tried it, and because it was pink and it was fizzy, she was actually quite nice. Mm. And she literally put up on Facebook last night, maybe I need a, maybe I need a visit to gin different now, don't I, Julie? And I said, yes, you do. Absolutely. Yeah. More the merrier. So, yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully, like, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, and this was the thing, is that back in the day, up until round about 2007 when some legislation changed and 2011 when it actually came into effect that for about 250 years we had a, a thing called the Gin Act that was still in the thing and it meant that you could only distill huge volumes of gin 
So you're talking like, you know, 3,000 litres at a time. Obviously, that would then be cut down to being nearly 8,000 litres, mm. um, which obviously that still process is huge. You know, it'd take up like you know, a large portion of the market hall top floor. Yeah. And you also weren't allowed to make gin if you were a brewery because they had loads of problems back in the 1750s with um, people just getting really, really drunk on gin. And it was so cheap. <laughs> uh, it was like a penny a bottle for that and a penny a bottle for beer. Apart from the gin was, you know, 50 to 60% ABV and the beer was 2% so the poor started oh, to drink yeah. it which is where Mother's Ruin came from because the right. birth rate dropped through and, and all those kind of things happened oh is that how it got it yeah mm. so and then they caused all this kind of mischief and mayhem while we're in the middle of uh, the 100 years war so the death rate went through the roof the birth rate dropped through the floor and we were at the point where our population was declining so they had to do something about it so they introduced <laughs> the Gin Axe um, and, wouldn't, and they stayed in, they literally stayed in legislation from sort of 1756 57-ish until pretty much 2011 which is why why do you think it was left so long was it, was it one of those things where like oh, has anybody looked at the gin laws lately mm. and they've gone ah oh. well we <laughs> were, I mean I think a lot of the alcohol laws got looked at when we made the legislation changes with the licensing act you know yeah. and mm. a lot of things got looked at that and they tried to open it up a bit more make it a bit more thing for business but fundamentally it stayed that way because people weren't paying attention to it yeah. um, there wasn't a lot of people trying to do these interesting little things and also um, whiskey kind of gets their own way on quite mm. a lot of stuff particularly Scottish whiskey so they yeah. were they were like, locking it down and making sure that people weren't going to be able to make small batch whiskies and, and compete with them so all this happened but basically what happened was um, Sip Smiths uh, London, they wanted to open the first distillery in London for you know nearly 150 years and they wanted to do a little small 300 litre still and they started lobbying the government and then um, Adenham's the brewer and they did the same about the brewery because literally the process of making alcohol comes in the same way apart from when you, you make a substance called wort and then that product just either goes into a fermentation tank to make beer or it gets distilled and turned into neutral alcohol oh, okay. so yeah so it's the same thing so if you've got all the you've got all the ingredients to uh wonders of market ollie and um, <laughs> if you've got all the ingredients to make beer you can make gin and that's what they were doing in the, the bars at the time because that's what they used to do in the back in the mm. 1700s sort of the street so they made that legislation so they just kept talking to them and talking to them and then they've told them they could tax it yeah. and they went ding 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 ah, things mm. change and things now change. it's probably one of the largest tax brackets in alcohol mm, can't bet. so okay Let's pass the ball back over to Lincoln Davis for a bit. I was going to say, you are sat you, here. I was just about to say, thinking, you're yeah. not wrong, are you, Naomi, when you say normally everyone talks about Everyone loves gin. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking back to, back to your comment, actually. I was thinking, we have pretty much just done exactly what Naomi said. <laughs> it's fine, I'm used to it. It's every day. <laughs> and now it's on tape. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, you know, talk about going through changes and things. Like that. I was reading a lot about how Lincoln Davis has changed over the years. Yeah. Positively. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, can we talk about, about a bit about that? What has changed since, like, um, you know, say, 10, 20 years? Yeah, of course. Um, so the charity was, was founded, as I said earlier, by, by the mayor of Shrewsbury. Yeah, yeah. They had no staff at all for <laughs> at least 10, yeah, 10, 15 years at the beginning. And it was all very much mayor's fund, you know, the community pulling together um, and raising the money totally, totally on volunteer time and so yeah, on. Yeah. Um, and the nice thing, actually, that stayed the same is that that community engagement is still very much there about over 90 percent of our income comes from the community which is incredible and that hasn't changed what has changed over time um is they got a, a couple of paid fundraisers um in the early 2000s and that again sort of stayed very much the same um but the trustees took a decision about four or five years ago that actually they needed to there was a lot of opportunity to grow the charity, so it yeah. was amazing, but there was potential for it to do a lot more. Um, and also the, the the world in which we exist now is very different. Um, yeah. The expectations on us from 
government from the law mm. and so on are vastly vastly different than what they were so we now have to have people in the office oh. to make sure that we're compliant as much as anything else yeah, yeah, so for example things like when the data protection laws changed last year we had to totally get rid of our mailing list that we had. Oh, good old GDPR. Yeah, so there's things like that and the, the, the framework that we're working at and actually the standards the public expect for us, quite rightly, are really, really high and we need to make sure that we're, we're meeting people's expectations and, of course, you know, yeah. it's their money and we've got to be responsible. So we've got... Uh, my role as chief exec was created. I've been in post just over three years. Um, I'm the first chief exec the charity's ever had. And, and hopefully it's a good decision for them. Um, and we've also appointed an events officer last year because we knew we had some big events we wanted to do. And it's all about capacity. It's about somebody actually being able to do that day to day to bring those things together. Because um, our volunteer, our volunteers are amazing and volunteer capacity is amazing. But that needs to be coupled with a professional office where, where that sort of central core well, of, course, of things I mean, is being done. With, without proper planning and time put into yeah. creating events then you know, yeah. the events don't happen I guess. No yeah. and, and it's the kind of the, the lovely thing about Ling and Davis I think we've, we are a really small team anyway still we all sit in the same room all day and um, we are all we've all got absolutely no boundaries our entire families have been dragged into all of this you know we, we pull in constant personal favours and so mm -hmm. on you know we are we do live it day to day and we do all really care about it and that's that's brilliant and the, the team are great um, but what it allows us to do is significantly grow our income. That means we're putting more money back into local services. Um, we want, in the next five years, I would love us to be turning over a million pounds a year. I think mm. I think we can do it. It's, yeah. it's ambitious. Um, but there's no real reason why we shouldn't do that. And there's always going to be a need. So I think that there's there's big things we can do. And we're now in a much better position now than we were even five years ago to make those things happen. Yeah. Mm. How did you become, I'll say, how did you become, how does anyone become what they become in a role? But, I was obviously born you guys, for it, darling. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, obviously you guys came from Manchester. I know yeah. that you said you originated from here, yeah, yeah. but you'd been in Manchester. So what did, when you came back to town, did you, did you spot an advert for it? Or was it, how, you know, particularly if they've never had, you know, a chief exec before? Yeah, so I actually come from a background. I used to be an outdoor ed instructor. I've right. come from, I used to be a climbing instructor. And oh, I then wow. ended up in, um, in student unions. Um, so I worked at Manchester University Students Union for four years and I then did nearly two at Birmingham Guild of Students at Birmingham University doing um, basically student engagement, yeah. um, governance, a bit of commercial services, bit of, bit of jack of, they're all jack-of-all-trades jobs. And honestly, I was living here. We moved back here when I got the job in Birmingham and I was commuting. Um, the commute was too much and the job possibly wasn't quite right mm. and I saw an opportunity. Um, to be honest, I, I didn't know much about Ling and Davis at all and I saw an opportunity to do something um, important, I think, mm -hmm. that you, you know you're doing something good. Uh, and for me, what was really important was working in where I am. Yeah. I, I am somebody who takes their, takes their job on quite full on yeah. um, and actually going into a job in Birmingham every day and then coming home I, I felt I couldn't fully commit to sort of, sort of get, get a handle on that and yeah. I wanted to do something that I knew my own community was benefiting from and whatever that it, and you know whatever that might be this seemed like a, an ideal opportunity yeah. and I didn't have to commute every day also which was great yeah. Um, but yeah for me it's about really grabbing something that is here and it was clear from the, the job advert that actually it was a bit of a project and it was perhaps the first time 
anyone had had this role and there was massive potential yeah. um, I'm a fix it person I don't I don't like ticking over mm-hmm. and if it was if somebody else had already been doing this for five years and ten years and sort of done it all and it was just a case of maintaining that then that doesn't really interest me I'm, I'm someone who wants to come in and, and make an impact and, and get things good Excellent. and how's yeah. it been going? Hopefully, all right. <laughs> I'm still there, so that's a start. <laughs> they haven't got rid of me yet. Yeah, good. I mean, we, as I say, we, we're still in a period of change, and um, there's a lot more that we need to be doing. But we're now in a position where that groundwork's been laid, and the the community have been amazing. They've been really, really supportive. Our volunteers have been great. You know, our, our the staff team have really sort of stepped up. Um, we're yeah. a lot busier than we were in the office, um, yeah. which is obviously a good thing. Mm. Um, and we're now in a position, I think, to be able to kick on and do some really big stuff now that we've done a, a, a big chunk of the legwork. You say you, you like to, to merge with people and, and work with people. Who are like the biggest sort of um, the people that you work with, like events wise? You know, there's got to be some people in. I'm not, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, I was going to word it in a different way. <laughs> um, so, I guess what we have is we have some amazing community fundraisers. So, some of our biggest fundraisers that we have are individuals and families yeah. who, who are just incredible and they keep going year after year after year um, we're also starting to work with businesses and it's taken a while for us to get I think a foot in the door there but we've got some um, some sponsorship coming up for the Colour Run um, we've already got some people signed up so for example Six Ticks which is a local IT company are sponsoring us for that as are Henshaw's Insurance um, and Thomas Consulting so far and we're looking for more people on that and that's all yeah. all mm. adds up it's all brilliant um, we work with Reach Media do all of our promo and they've been amazing in terms of promoting us beyond what they have to do for their contract you oh, know they really nice. think of us um, I mean, we were we were fortunate last year. The appeal that we've just finished, we did 1.25 million pounds in two years for our 40th birthday, and we did it three weeks early because on the same day we had one of our regular family group supporters, uh, the Lewis and Jones family, who did a massive organised a sponsored walk around Lake Vernwy, um, wow. and it raised wow. over 10,000 pounds. And on the same day, a company called Scott and Newman, who are a potato merchant, who was there having a centenary lunch at Ludlow Races, and they gave us £10,000 from that as well. And Fantastic. those two things on the same day took us into our wow, appeal. Wow, that which, is amazing. Yeah, and it's a nice, I think, representation of the community and the business world, both yeah. sort of, you mm. know, they, they both contribute equally and, those, and, and that hit us over that target. And the day we did it, I was in the office on my own. So I had to make a video oh about how no. excited I was because there was no one it's there. to celebrate with. And I don't like being on my own. <laughs> <laughs> I was really excited and I was sat there all day by myself. So you a noisemaker. <laughs> yeah, essentially that's what I was doing. So I made a video and put it on Facebook about how excited I was. But yeah, it's, it's, people are great. It's good. I think the events is where it's at. I mean, is that what you found? It, yeah. It's got to be. I mean, we could do like a, a, sh- a, Lin- a Lingen Davis like Live Aid type thing, you know? Oh, that would be amazing. That would be good. That would yeah. be amazing. Yeah. yeah, the events is great. And it's a way of the public hearing about the charity in a fun way, yeah. doing uh-huh. something they actually yeah. want to do rather than us talking to them about cancer, which they don't necessarily always want yeah. to do. Um, I mean, we do do things like we offer to businesses. We can come in and talk about things like symptom awareness and be in a, you know, times when you really Very need to go to the yeah. doctor yeah. and be raise that awareness of you know, please don't ignore certain things. So we mm. offer that as a service as well, which goes down really well. Um, but actually, yeah, the big stuff, things like the colour run, for example, people want to do a colour run just for its own sake. And yeah. the fact that it raises us money is a bonus. Yeah. 
and it just gets our name in front of more and more people. Yeah. So um, what's the date of the colour run again? It's March 30th next year. March 30th, okay. We'll put that Saturday in our diary. morning, yeah. um, 11 o'clock Saturday morning on the Westman Showground. Excellent, no matter what the weather. No matter what the weather, Excellent. within reason. No, uh, yeah, obviously, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I suppose it's not a colour mud run, is it? It's, it's not, just a, no. no. Last year we were very fortunate. Um, it was a bit windy, but it was dry. Um, yeah. And we've rerouted slightly, because last year the, some swans tried to get involved at one point. No, nice. we've, we've I don't uh, think they'd have gone down being no, well coloured. We've, we've, uh, <laughs> yeah, we've, we've rerouted slightly to avoid that this time. <laughs> what was the date again? The 30th. 30th. March. Nice. 2020, West Mid Showground. Yeah. I'll be running it. Yeah, Darren's Are you actually going to run it as well? I'm going to be running um, it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... Um, is it fr- oh how much is God. it to enter? It's 20... P- oh, sorry, it's not the 30th of March. It's the 28th. Sorry, 30th was last year. Okay. <laughs> Apologies, it's <laughs> the 28th of March. 28th of March. Sorry, I've got the 30th in my head. Um, it's £20 pounds for adults and £7 pounds for children. Excellent. Um, and you get a T-shirt so you don't get your own clothes dirty and a pair of sunglasses and a medal at the end. And it's just a good fun day out. Brilliant. I'm, I'm yeah. going to try and uh, find a way to, to get us microphones there. So mm. we can yeah, that would be great. You'd be really welcome. People. Absolutely. Like the aerobics instructors use those, those ones as you go along. So like you Mr. Motor is. Oh, yeah. We yeah. had somebody doing a <laughs> cha-cha slide warm-up with one of those last year. Oh, really? Yeah. That's right. So you definitely got to do it's it. It's all good fun. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. So we, we've got a need for a party and a guy who knows how to throw a party. with a Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> power, power yeah it's couple, handy like connections. Shrewsby's uh, David and Victoria. So, what events have you guys got apart from op- you got Oktoberfest? You were just talking about all yeah, the different events, a, like yeah, we've got Oktoberfest, but it's kind of it's getting to the end of the kind of si- uh, mm. silly season as we call it now in the yeah, summer. Yeah, we've had yeah. lots of events. So we've Build been up to Christmas. That's it. I mean, we're involved in a food festival. We've been involved in Ludlow Spring Festival. We're involved in uh, the Wacky Races event that went on yeah. in the quarry oh, early yeah, in May, yeah. which was in- incredible. You know, it's just yeah. one of those unbelievable days where you know oh I'm so good we missed the wacky race I'm telling you there was 15,000 so people in that field yeah. uh, and it was great um, yeah. but then yeah so now, now this time of year we're, we're kind of looking at more kind of doing tastings and there's uh, corporate events that we're getting involved in the run up to Christmas yeah, yeah. and we also sell like quite a lot of retail and, and do gifts and things like that so it's kind of building all those kind of side of things up and it becomes a bit more kind of market hole centric mm. uh, and then we do kind of a lot of stuff around Shrewsbury and stuff like that so we, yeah. we run a regular tasting on the last Friday of every month in the market hall yeah. um, where we do literally a different kind of category of gin or a story or something like that so the next one's um, on the 28th and that's going to be a history gin yeah. my idea I had for the market hall I thought it was yes, quite it was, a clever yes. idea was um, say there's like a centralised food point where someone can pay £10 to pick up a bowl and with that bowl you can go to all the different food stores in the market and just take a little bit from all the you know what I mean like still mm-hmm. £10 mm-hmm. For, for like a box and you can get something from the you know the curry places yeah. and so you can just go around and fill up this box of food and then uh, that money gets split up between the shops yeah, it's yeah, yeah. you know I yeah. thought it was a really good idea it's one of those interesting ones because we you know we're about collaboration and trying to do yeah, things yeah. like that and something mm-hmm. like that I reckon would work quite well maybe one of the late nights or something yeah. to yeah, try definitely. it where, where you can kind of go around with it but the other thing is is that we're all independent businesses it's as well hard, yeah, it's you hard. know and, mm. and we're, we're literally there's nearly 60 businesses in here um, all with their own different kind of offerings um, their own different understandings of how they want to deliver their operations stuff yeah, like yeah. that and mm. I think the hardest thing we find quite often is to try and get consensus you know and and, mm. and I think that's the same with, with a lot of spaces that are kind of like mm. communal like we used to work with in student unions as, as Naomi said and trying to gain a consensus between you know 400 societies all of different yeah. uh, ideas and things yeah. like that you know and, and a democratic process which is the entire point of the, of the student union kind of gets those 
those kind of things in. So I think I found it was quite good practice for this place, yeah. you know, to try and get those kind of vibes through. But yeah, I mean, there's lots of good ideas going on all the time, and we're talking about doing like you know hampers for Christmas where you collaborate with different people and oh, that's put a good stuff idea. like that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good and idea. That's yeah, and, and, it, and it's an easy one, you know, and we can, and that's something that can be you know just three three mm. sets of hampers and it gets you something nice to go with it. But it's like anything; it's trying to get those things together and, and put together and, uh, and and focus. You know, yeah. particularly at a really busy time of year. Well, yeah, yeah. I didn't realise there were sixty businesses in here. Yeah, there's forty five units on the outside and the top. Um, oh, because it's you count the outside, don't they? Yeah. Well, four right. pages in this book. Four pages. Yeah. <laughs> and then obviously businesses. all the independent stuff. So yeah. all the, and then the boroughs. Uh, you know, there's at least twenty five in the in the middle with the boroughs. Yeah, then, of course. Yeah, you don't think yeah. of it like that. Yeah. So it's a it's a it's a big one. You know, mm. and then there's obviously ca- casual businesses that only come in maybe one day a week. So there's like the the WI come in and sell uh, jams on a Saturday till one o'clock. I love the WI. You know, and yeah. and, and, and there's other places like that that only do, or do Tuesday or Wednesday because they then go to the county markets that go all around town on right. a Friday and Saturday. Oh, okay. So there's varying different things. So you can have the same pitch can be you know three people can be in it over the course of a week, and that's the great thing about the market hall is that oh. it's, it's a diverse and you know different place. And yeah. and there's a lot of businesses that have done really well here, and then they've moved yeah. and grown and gone on to something else. Mm. You know, and it works for me as a you know as a as a central hub for our pop-up yeah. business and, and, and as a almost like a, a working hub you know so mm. people can see what we're doing what's christmas like for you guys is there a lot of um demand for christmas for gin or is it yeah it, it varies um i can't believe you just asked that question alex yeah <laughs> i know but like you know gin for me is like oh, i picture gin and i got the glass and the, the, the sunshine and the, 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 it just seems yeah. like a summary drink you well know? it's well this is it but it, it, and it is but there's still a lot yeah, of people that, that drink it and there's mm-hmm. certain types of gin that um, are designed really for for winter so like the things that have got a higher abv or are more spicy they're designed to kind of be drunk well mixed over ice or yeah. you know drunk with a kind of more aromatic mm-hmm. flavor and, and gin's in fashion in the season all all year round you know yeah, yeah. so and yeah we we do we do good we do a lot of retail sales at christmas uh, we have a nice good uplift running into those kind of christmas uh 10 days beforehand but it's a real kind of mixed bag you can't really look at the like for like sales because mm. when the days fall it makes a big difference yeah. the biggest thing um and thing i find most amusing is pretty much the you know the day before Christmas Eve and Christmas Eve is mm. lots and lots of men running around desperately trying to find a pink gin to buy for their wives because <laughs> they've not sorted out the Christmas presents yet. So there's always a kid, kid you in can tow. can see them come in. A kid in <laughs> tow <laughs> looking for pink gin with a bouquet of flowers and some chocolates. Do that desperate uh, shot that they yeah. on the floor. And he's just like, I've got 42 pounds to spend. What can I get? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, well, funnily enough, <laughs> quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> so, um, what about uh, Ling and Davis at Christmas? I mean, Christmas is quite a hard time for anybody to be dealing with sort of cancer, things like that. Yeah. Uh, is this something that you guys do to try and help that time of year? Well, we do a lot of, uh, we don't do a lot of service delivery ourselves, but we do signpost people to, uh, there's a lot of local support groups and so on if they are going through cancer themselves. Mm. Um, we actually find in terms of people supporting the charity, actually people are really generous at Christmas. Mm. Um, we took delivery of our Christmas cards on Tuesday. I saw them online, yeah. Yeah. Mm. What, already? Oh, well, they were supposed to come in August, and it's been a bit delayed. Um, we've we've yeah, already crazy. sold by this time last year. We'd sold five hundred pounds worth of cards. Wow. People are very keen. Um, yeah, there's currently something like forty thousand packs of uh, individual Christmas yeah, cards yeah. in my office because we haven't got a storage unit. So um, need to try and get <laughs> get rid of some of those. But yeah, Christmas for us is yeah it is tough, and you do get a lot of people who are perhaps more profoundly affected either by what they're going through now or if they've lost someone in particular. Mm, yeah. um, so we do have a lot of those conversations with people, and we can signpost into support services for those people if they need it. Um, and as I say, though, on the flip side of that, people are probably more inclined to support us, and they're, they're mm. very generous. And you know, people are people are nice at Christmas. 
And I've got to say, like, if you do want to get some of those Christmas cards, check out um, the Lingen Davis website because there's the shop button there and you can see all the Christmas cards. Thank you. you buy them. Yeah. Yeah. Quite cool. Um, and if anybody's got any ideas for, for Lingen Davis, um, you, you encourage people just to drop an email or, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if somebody wants to do fundraising, there's all sorts of information on the website about the kind of things you can do. Um, there is a form on there for people if they want to set up their own events, so they can tell us about it. There's a contact yeah. form on there and we can provide you know if you want banners or buckets or someone printing some posters or that sort of thing we can do some sort of admin support um, or if anybody wants to volunteer we're actually looking for some um, a few volunteers actually in the run-up to Christmas because we've got some Christmas card stalls and little pop-up shops running um, and a few little events that we could do with some help with so if anybody's just got a few hours to spare um, we're, we're very much interested in hearing that at the moment Someone's knocking somewhere. We are <laughs> in the middle of a market hall. Everybody's trying to get their work done. I'm not going <laughs> to complain. That, that's really cool. Um, <laughs> we've got the market hall and gin different. Uh, where would you tell people to go? I mean, how can people find what your guys are up to? So um, we're across all social media platforms. So if you look for gin different, um, just go. Uh, Google that will come up and you'll find our mm. uh, sort of social media web pages or Instagram, Twitter, etc. Um, the the websites finders and getting contact with us is actually Pop Up Shop Limited. Yeah, because um, I did look for a website for you guys. And yeah, no, Google's like, uh. yeah, that's it. We try and we stick to the standard <laughs> social media side of it because um, that's that's where it's really at. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, we all know that's where the conversations are going, and, and mm. you know, for every pound you spend on social media, you're getting sort of three or four pounds back on it so yeah. it's yeah. kind of a big part of what we do um, but yeah pop-up shops are kind of parent company which we do all of our events so we literally do pop-up bars for no job too big no job too small sort of thing mm. so you do weddings don't you and I do well. weddings we do we do literally everything mm. so um, bespoke I would say bespoke offerings for your uh, special occasion mm. um, that's if, if I was going to do the tagline that's sexy bespoke offering yeah, bespoke <laughs> offering <laughs> so yeah but, um, very suave I like it but yeah so just um, hit us up on social media there or you know if you want to ask any questions about gin or something like that or literally just pop into the market hall mm. you know um, we're, we're here we're ready to talk and we're, we're, we're happy to help so well you guys have been fantastic and uh, you know thank you for joining us on the show thank you, you know, thanks for having us Shrewsby's very own power couple <laughs> 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 I'm totally going to own that now That's I good. was going to say you do need to get something done on that don't yeah, you yeah you do you do <laughs> looks like we're getting some t-shirts printed <laughs> <laughs> that's everybody's not. Christmas card sorted yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm going to ask you guys individually uh, Naomi what does Shrewsby mean to you Oh, that's really hard. Um, that's Answer a really tough question. question. Now, uh, I suppose it. I think actually, for me personally, mm-hmm. I never ever saw myself moving back. And I think what it has given us is opportunity. And I was told as a kid that opportunity wasn't available here, and it mm. turns out that it is. Yeah. Well, that's good. It's harder than it is in a city, but that's, it is here. Yeah. It's yeah. quite an eye opener, really, because you know. And do you know what we do hear, hear a lot of people that. Are like, moved away gone to start a new life somewhere and gone oh, I want to go back home you know and mm. they found a success here so yeah Darren what does Shrewsbury mean to you? I would say it's probably it's definitely like home for me now you know I was expecting the answer to be gin yeah, yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> you could, gin's everywhere you could, yeah. could stick to that but you know I can get gin anywhere yeah. um, but yeah no it's, it's definitely more like home and I think it's forming like it's formed a real community for me you oh. know I used to I've, I've always worked in like large scale big operations and it's given me the opportunity to kind of come out and, and do something for myself oh, and that's, that's something nice. I've always wanted to do so mm. you know without being able to come here and the opportunities the market mm. has given me and and the town itself and you know how they've embraced me as you know from someone who's from outside mm. uh, I don't think we would have you know been as successful as we had and, and been able to build the kind of partnerships and collaborations mm. so yeah it's 
yeah, it's been emotional. That's nice. And you <laughs> both mentioned opportunity, and there is opportunity here. And yeah. I do encourage anybody. Like, I put a finger. I don't usually do memes on my Instagram. I'm not one of these guys <laughs> who like see the worm and catch the early worm. You know yeah. these mean things. But I did see one earlier uh, yesterday. It was like you don't need. Basically, saying you don't need permission. You know, stop waiting for permission. If you want to do something, do mm. it. And uh, you guys have proved that you can just get out there and you know, mm. now you're you're doing what you're doing and you're yeah. doing what you're doing and you're both doing quite well. well Power couple, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Julie, um, you got anything to add? No, don't think so. No, this was um, one interview I was looking forward to. <laughs> so, and it's and I know probably it's a bit weird, isn't it? Because it's the dichotomy, isn't it, of like obviously illness, but then the fun of gin. Yeah. So, yeah. but actually, it's the concept of. What, from what you've both just said it's about community yeah that's ultimately yes. what it's all coming yeah. back yeah. down to it's community it's Shrewsbury Shropshire based yeah. but you know Shrewsbury based so and uh, yeah and you've, I, you've I created the town's now you know power, power couple I coined it first people remember that yeah uh, and I've got to say like I did mention a lot about you know you know you need having a need for party and I know, I know like there is a lot of sadness that, that is attached to cancer and, and mm. what people need Lincoln Davis for. Yeah. But I think it's a great way to celebrate people coming together to help mm. one another. Absolutely, and yeah. That's, that's the message I'm trying to get through, is that, you know, if we can all do that, then... It, mm. Absolutely, and it's, it's a fantastic charity. I mean, I, I obviously see it every day <laughs> we're living with Naomi, but it's one of those things where you know that every single thing that they do yeah. is going back into this community. Yeah. And, you know, we're a rural community. Mm. We've got, we, you know, and it's really, really important that without them, you know, we wouldn't have any cancer services. Yeah. yeah. So, you know. It's nice to see something yeah. so long standing in 1979. Absolutely. Like, you know, mm. um, somebody's gone, let's do this. And people have gone, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> still mm. doing it. Yeah. It's still here. So, well, well done to, to, to Bernard Lingen and Frank Davis. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, guys. Well, thank you very much for joining us on the show. Thank um, you. And, uh, you can catch us next week when we are talking to... Uh, we're going to be speaking to John Wagner. Do you know who John Wagner is? No. no I don't. He invented Judge Dredd, where he created Judge Dredd, and we're going to be speaking to him. Oh, um, cool. Okay, I used local. to read that all the time, so I should know that. <laughs> yeah, I was, a big, he, he I was a big 2000 AD reader. Shrewsbury. I've still yeah. got some of the magazines. Mm. We're, we're very lucky to have a few celebrities live around the town, and one of them is uh, is John Wagner, and I'm going to be speaking to him tomorrow for next week's show. So, yeah, Amazing. So, thank you very much, guys, cool. and uh, catch us next week. All right, peace out. <laughs>